1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, in the latest installment of Rules for uh, the, but not for me, Uh, The Justice Department has dropped all charges against nine staff members of the Stephen Colbert show. They were arrested last month for illegally entering the Capitol building after it was closed. Remember, they had been detained earlier in the day and told that they didn't have the proper credentials to be in there and that they had to leave. But they did not leave. They stayed in the Capitol after hours. Now. When you do this on January 6, 2021, it's an insurrection. And it gets you detained in solitary confinement. And it gets you sentenced as a, what, 80-plus-year-old woman with breast cancer? Just was recently. But if you're on a show that purports to attempt to make people laugh with woke nonsense, well, then you can do whatever you want. You can ambush Kevin McCarthy, Lauren Boebert, other Republican congresspeople. Uh, You can uh, laugh and yuck, yuck your way through getting arrested and then use it as a bit on your show. So they're in the Capitol at 8.30 p.m. Decidedly after hours, causing a disturbance, Capitol Police said. They were detained. They were arrested, charged with unlawful entry. And now the Justice Department says, nope. Nothing to see here, nothing to see here. Not surprised, but we can always be, uh, you know, noting the fact that there are separate rules for the elite and uh, other rules for those of us who are deemed not elite. Which brings me to yesterday's speech at the UN from Prince Harry. Oh, Prince Harry, Uh, the husband of Meghan Markle. The, um, I don't know if he's a disgraced prince, but he's certainly not in, not in the uh, good graces of the Queen of England. And uh, Prince Harry is speaking at the UN yesterday about the existential threat of climate change Enjoy.
0: How many of us feel battered, helpless, in the face of the seemingly endless stream of disasters and devastation? I understand. This has been a painful year in a painful decade. We're living through a pandemic that continues to ravage communities in every corner of the globe. Climate change wreaking havoc on our planet, mm. with the most vulnerable suffering most of all. The few weaponizing lies and disinformation at the expense of the many. And from the horrific war in Ukraine, to the rolling back of constitutional rights here in the United States, we are witnessing a global assault
1: on democracy and freedom. Now, Prince Harry makes an interesting spokesman for uh, the virtues of democracy and freedom, seeing as how he has grown up in a, in a royal family. Now, uh, royal families uh, do not come to power via democratic processes. Royal families are born into royalty. Uh, At least he was. And his dad was. And so I found Prince Harry being, uh, in his words, battered by uh, all this global turmoil, COVID, the war in Ukraine, (laughs) and the attack on democracy. What kind of battering has Prince Harry suffered? He married Meghan Markle. He moved to a mansion in California. He didn't get to stand on the royal platform with the queen when she celebrated her whatever anniversary it was. But uh, I'm not that, you know, well-versed in all the perks that come with being Prince Harry. But English commentator Martin Daubney is, so I will defer to him. Back to Prince Harry. So here we have a platinum-plated plonker. He's at the <laughs> UN conference in New York talking about climate change, about how he fears for the world and has been left battered and helpless by the last 12 months. Um, he's, he's saying it's creating havoc on the most vulnerable, suffering most of all. How can a guy who gets £4 million of taxpayers' money, still bang on about feeling entitled, and he's talking about daring, transformative decisions are required. Well, here's one. Stop taking private jets to climate change conferences. That would be a good start. I do love the uh, way English commentators have turning a phrase. A platinum-plated plonker, he called. A platinum-plated plonker. And he was droning on. He said he was banging on. I like that. Now, four million pounds a year, that's Prince Harry's uh, share. Uh, Four million pounds equals $4.8 million a year. So I don't think he's hurting. And I don't think he flies commercial. I think he flies private everywhere he goes. You know who else flies private everywhere he goes? John Kerry. Federal statistics are in on John Kerry's private jet. Remember the one John Kerry said, well, I I need to fly private. Yes, obviously you do. Since John Kerry was named Joe Biden's climate czar in January of 2021, he has flown his private jet around the world to Davos and other places and produced quite... The carbon footprint. It's like the carbon big footprint. According to these federal uh, statistics released yesterday, the amount of carbon put forward by Kerry's jet equals, are you ready for this? It's 300 metric tons of carbon. What is that equal to? 300 metric tons of carbon. That's not in a in a measurement that I can understand. But I can understand this. 300 metric tons of carbon equates to 331,000 tons of coal burned. 331,000 tons. It equates to 12,250 propane cylinders burned for barbecues. 34,000 gallons of gasoline. And 36,500,000 cell phones charging. The sum total of all that would equal 300 metric tons of carbon produced by John Kerry's jet. Now, I don't know if John Kerry is taking his jet to Massachusetts today or not. Maybe he's already there. He probably has a place on Martha's Vineyard. Bought with his own money or with the money of his uh, wife, who's a heir to the Heinz fortune, I believe. Uh, but Joe Biden's going to Massachusetts today. Joe Biden is going to talk about climate change today. And um, it'll be stupid because everything climate change is stupid. And here's why I say it's stupid. It's not that I don't believe that there are changes in the climate. But there are two reasons I feel the whole entire climate conversation is inordinately stupid. Number one is because we're in a heat wave right now across the country. You'll see national news stories about, oh, 100 million Americans are within, you know, Places where there's an extreme heat warning. I just came from one in Arizona. Very hot. It's funny. On the weather report on TV in Arizona, you know, they do the daily temperature highs and lows. When the daily high temperature is anticipated to be 109, 108, 107, it just says 108, 109, 107. When it's 110 or above, it's <laughs> they put it on the TV with, a little logo next to it that says hot as if 110 111 112 is appreciably hotter than 109 108 107 trust me it's not i played golf and all of it couldn't tell the difference it's just very very warm so when it's hot out like now the climate people say oh Global warming and climate change. But when we have a cold snap and you say, wow, it's really cold, that whole global warming thing must be a nonsense. They go, weather is not climate. Weather's not climate. Well, if weather's not climate when it's cold, why is weather climate when it's hot? So that's one reason it's stupid. The second reason it's stupid is because imagine the temerity to think you could make a policy in the U.S. that would fix the climate all over the world. So if you followed this Indiana mall shooting, the thing that was hard to figure out was the timeline that we were given. That the shooter went into a mall restroom and was in there for an hour and two minutes. Okay, that I could get. Like, he's in there putting his gun together, working up his cowardice, whatever. But the... Timeline that didn't make any sense was he came out of the restroom, shot a guy outside the restroom, killed him, and then shot two more people, and then was eventually shot and killed by this good Samaritan 22-year-old, Elisha Dickin. And that took two minutes. Like, that didn't make any sense to me. Like, why did the guy with the rifle only get off 28 shots in two minutes? I think in that situation, it's not like they're hiding behind, you know, tables and looking at each other. It just didn't make sense. Well, now we have clarification. A statement just released from the local police chief in Greenwood, Indiana, shows that there was a misreading of the clock on the security video. From the time that the mall shooter, the mass shooter, exited the restroom, Until he was shot and killed by the 22-year-old hero standing at the cookie counter. 15 seconds span. 15 seconds. That's it. Here's the headline. Greenwood, Indiana. Within 15 seconds of a mass shooter opening fire inside Greenwood Park Mall, Elisha Dickin got off 10 rounds, striking the shooter eight times and killing him. Police say Dickon was shopping with his girlfriend Sunday when he stopped at the cookie counter close to the main walkways of the mall when the gunman exited the restroom and began shooting. Police say what Dickon did was nothing short of heroic. Armed only with a handgun, police say Dickon first engaged the shooter from a distance of 40 yards. Police say he was very proficient and tactically sound. Dickon hit the shooter from 40 yards away with his 9mm Glock on the very first shot. Johnson County Coroner Mike Pruitt said an autopsy found the suspect had 8 gunshot wounds and none were self-inflicted. Elisha Dickon fired 10 shots with an 80% strike rate. He started making his way toward the gunman, motioning for people to leave Behind him, the gunman tried to retreat back into the restroom, but Dickon continued on, shooting the suspect until he fell. <laughs> this kid is amazing. That is utterly amazing. Dickon had no police training or military background. I just Producer wanna, Pam. I just want to know, and I don't know that we'll ever find out, But how many years has this
0: gentleman been plunking tin cans in the backyard? Yeah. He has no prior military or police training, but he definitely has someone who has worked with him to become a marksman.
1: Yeah. I mean, and he and this is the thing uh, to 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 everyone who wants to get a weapon and carry is you have to shoot regularly be proficient with it, yes. and you can only be proficient with it if you're totally comfortable with mm-hmm. it. And you only get comfortable with it by repetition, right. by practice. But wow. So uh, I asked my brothers-in-law this when I was in Arizona. Who gets the first interview with Elijah Dickin? Mm, good question. Is that is that going to be a Tucker Carlson interview? Is that going to be a uh, I am I am going to, I've said, I said in the first hour, I'll stand by it. This kid is going to be a great, upstanding Christian kid. I'm going to guarantee you that. Well, I look at his picture. I look at his girlfriend's picture. I hear the stories that I read talking about their relationship to each other. This is the action of somebody who had the hand of God on him in that moment. No doubt about that. And I will be absolutely stunned if this kid has, if anybody has anything to say about this kid that's bad about his upbringing, or ah, you know, I'll be absolutely totally stunned by that because he just looks like I'm going to have to rethink my whole outlook on the state of Indiana because I like, I'm not high on the state of Indiana, but wow. And I just wonder how many recruiters are trying to get a oh hold of him. Oh my goodness! How many? How many? Uh, I mean, I guess he had a Glock. So Glock's going to try to uh, mm. get this kid as a spokesman, as I'm a sure. As a spokesperson? Uh, I would think so, mm-hmm. but wow. Um, amazing. He hit him eight, ten, eight times. Eight out of ten shots.
0: See, that's someone that's been practicing yeah. a
1: very long time. That is for sure. Nice. So, amazing story. And um, I look for Whoever gets that first interview, boy, I hope it's not... Here's the thing. I I I would hope he is... Media savvy enough to realize that if he goes on a network program, he will be questioned in a way that will hint at the fact that he did something wrong. That he did something he should not have done. Or do you feel bad taking a life or something? Don't do that, young man. Go on with Tucker. Go on with Hannity. Although I'm, I don't love Hannity because he just always interrupts his interview subjects. Um, I guess... If I had to pick who he would go on with, I think I'd like him to go on with Martha McCallum. He wouldn't get prime time. But, I mean, they'd probably play it in prime time. But I think she's very fair. Oh, I'd like to, you know what, who else I think he would, who would do a great job with him is Megan Kelly on her podcast. Mm-hmm. Megan Kelly would do a phenomenal job. Um, so, yeah. You know who won't go on the Megan Kelly podcast? Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Because if Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg uh, went on the Megan Kelly podcast, he would have to explain this nonsense right here. Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price, price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. The more pain we're experiencing from the high cost of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can get electric vehicles. They continue to show themselves as people who... Either do not understand what it's like to work, pay bills, not have your transportation provided for you, not have everything handed to you, not have uh, taxpayers pay for everything you get. Or, more likely, they don't care. They don't care how hard it is for you to have to reorder your life to think about, well, I need to go to this store, I need to go to that store, I need to run this errand. I can't just do it mindlessly like I used to when gas was $2 a gallon. I have to think about, okay, where do I have to go? Where can I stop along the way that I can save myself 10, 15, 20 miles later? Those are the realities of life in the real world that people like Mayor Pete and Jennifer Granholm, they don't even contemplate because, hey, I got my electric car. I get my six weeks paternity leave. Even though nobody missed me when I was gone and the shipping crisis in America got even worse while I was gone. uh, They do not understand what it is like to be a real American. Hence, they can be more committed to their initiatives than they can be to policies that actually work for real Americans. It's not that they don't know. That gas prices are hurting average Americans. It is more so that they don't care. And so, in November, we get to show them how much we care